What is up, guys? Welcome back to the, the Gen and Julian, Julian Podcast. Oh, high five. We are back to talk about oh, Gen and Julian things, amongst the other things. <laughs> All the things. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the best way to read books because you don't even have to read them. Uh, they are audiobooks, and you can get the app. It's the Audible app. Download over 180,000 titles across all genres. Uh, it's amazing. First book is not on me. It's on Jenna. She's going to buy you a first book. Go to audiblepodcast.com. <laughs> Sorry, I got this one. Slash Jenna to get your first book. I want to listen to Tyler Oakley's binge on Audible. You just it, got the real one. I know, but doesn't he read it? I, I know there's uh, an audio copy of it in yeah. his voice that I'm kind of interested in. Huh. Yeah, that actually does sound kind of right. Nice. Yeah. I, I like when that. authors read their own books. That's it's pretty cool. dope. There's a lot of that on Audible, by the way. Yeah, like how does Harry Potter get down a hill by walking? J.K. Rowling. I told her that joke. I told her that joke, and we both like started dying. I was dying. It's not our joke, though. It's from Reddit. Our jokes. Yes. Our jokes. It's from our jokes. <laughs> well, uh, we uh, recently got back from New York. Yeah. And this week has been a little nuts. Just kind of getting back into the swing of everything. Yeah, I almost came down with like a head cold because I was so exhausted. <laughs> yeah, you like didn't sleep for the majority of the week. Yeah, I didn't sleep for basically a week. And I can't really do that to my body anymore because I'm not like 20 and I start to feel the ramifications of not sleeping. So yeah, had a lot of Gatorade and some good naps and I'm feeling much back better. To normal. Back to normal. <laughs> But yeah, the unveiling of the wax figure was absolutely incredible. We have a video that we're going to put somewhere, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, it's, it was just the most surreal thing ever. I think the weird, honestly, to be perfectly honest, the weirdest part of the whole thing yeah. is seeing like an external version of what you look like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like you, not a mirror reflection. Like yeah. It's, you it's walk physical. around, you're like, Oh, that's what a fucking look like. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Fuck. Um, but aside from the obvious of how I, it was just an incredible honor and yeah. it was amazing to be there and see Very that. Cool. Very cool. It was, it was one of those things where you're looking at it, but you're not quite sure if you believe it. Yeah, you know? I, exactly. Yeah. And her makeup honestly looks better than I've ever done my own makeup. So <laughs> they really just like, you know, they, they facetuned you. Yeah. They made no, you look sure. the best version of you and yeah. it's physical. It's not a picture. Right. And when I see like she has her own Twitter account and she'll like tweet out pictures and then people will tag me like on Instagram and stuff when they go so see weird. her. And it looks like me in a picture. Yeah. Like I'll yeah. see it in my like tag pictures and like, when was that? I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> fuck. That's not me. But it is me, but it's not me. That was very wild. They were so happy to have you there and like have you be a part. Of, I mean, I thought it was just so beyond smart for them to do what they're doing. Agreed. Uh, with the internet thing. But not only that, it's like yours is, I mean, yours is top notch. Like you can see as they get newer, they get like cleaner and like scarier real, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yours is like way up there. But the interactive function about how it takes selfies with the, the, the visitors of the museum, it's like so smart and it goes right to social media. It's like exactly the step in the right direction that they need to well, do yeah. to stay relevant. Exactly. And well, my mom came with us, which was very nice to have her. She crushed it the entire oh, time we were mom. there. She brought a picture with her of me when I was in like seventh or eighth grade. We went to London and we had gone to that Madame Tussauds. And yeah. uh, 
I remember that, I think that one was probably one of my first experiences going to a wax museum and like none of it was very interactive. Like the, the best that you could get was sort of like, they would be in a pose that lent itself to taking a picture with them. Um, so she brought a picture of her, me sitting next to like somebody, I don't even know who it was. Um, Oh yeah. I forgot who it was too. But yeah, to see how far they've come in terms of making them more interactive because as like living in LA, I've had a lot of friends come visit. And one of the only things they want to do is go to that wax museum in Hollywood. Yeah. In Hollywood. So I've been there like seven fucking times. <laughs> and the most fun ones that are there are the ones that are like interactive. Like you can stand next to Tiger Woods or whatever and pretend you're golfing or you can like actually hit a ball or, you yeah, know, sort of like the Nicki Minaj one. Yeah. <laughs> my God. So they have made them more interactive, yeah. but the way that they made mine interactive very was cool. pretty smart and pretty cool and pretty, pretty awesome. Smart. And there's no other one like that no. there or anywhere. No, and it was cool. I mean, obviously, it was insane, like, going into the museum and seeing the unveiling and looking at your figure, especially with you there. But it was even cooler after we we took a tour of the entire museum in New York. They gave us a tour. Yeah. So you got to see – and that was my first time at Madame Tussauds. So I got to see what it was and what it was like and all the figures. And then we circled around back to yours, and I was like, damn. Like, this is cool because you had your own exhibit. It had some screens behind you with your old videos playing. And it's just – it was just like – very smart, very cool to be a part of, and obviously so proud of you to see that happen. And it's nothing like that. I don't think we've ever experienced or ever will experience. True. You know, it's very cool. It was once in a lifetime for sure. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Um, so that's why we were gone and not sleeping. <laughs> yeah. And we're gearing up to go to Tokyo, Yeah, which is quite a life experience. Yeah. Um, I don't, you guys might've seen Jenna's video this last week, uh, where we kind of just try to learn Japanese on the internet. And although we were kind of goofing around and having fun with it, it really was like the first kind of step we've taken to priming ourselves for the culture shock, both with the language and the, the you know, what the customs, yeah. I don't know, is that what you call it? When yeah. the way you act, just how society works. And we're, we're hundred percent like we're, we're looking things up. Like we're getting ourselves ready because we know it's going to be different. And, um, I'm expecting quite an experience, you know, I'm expecting a big learning curve too. Yeah. You know, I no mean, matter how much we learn, we're going to have to, I have been to the airport and to Japan. yeah. Is there I, just one airport in Tokyo? Just the, well, it's the, the biggest, I think, I think it's the biggest airport. I think it's Narita is what most uh, people fly into uh, is the one that I flew into. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been to the airport and I guess I didn't really think about it then because we were catching a flight to Singapore, which is, in my opinion, a little bit less of a culture shock because almost everybody's speaking English and, you know, it's kind of not quite the same as Japan, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't even think about it while we were at the airport that like maybe there would be a language barrier or anything like that. And there really wasn't because you don't need to know, especially in airports, they do a good job of putting things in a lot of languages. Yes. Especially English for yes, most airports yes. that I've been to. There's always sure. like a, a thing in English. Even, like, in, Bali, right, even in Bali, we could get around right. at that airport. Um, so I never even thought about it when I was there. Uh-huh. 
Uh, but then as you're like looking up, uh, different things in Tokyo, you're like, oh, okay, here's some things that are probably important that I would never think of. Like just understanding the symbol for like where the woman's bathroom is yeah. or <laughs> like, uh, it, just learning the currency so that you know how to pay for things. Yeah. Um, just like basic things that you should understand in order to get around. Yeah. And once you start going down that rabbit hole, it does become kind of daunting, but I think to the internet, obviously, I'm now aware that a lot of people speak English and at least know uh, basic things like hello and please For and, sure. you know, help, <laughs> help sure. me. And that the culture is they're very much understanding of tourists and Tokyo, especially since there's a lot of tourists that go there. Yeah. Uh, they're more than willing to help you and have no problem. Yeah. If you don't speak Japanese, they, they want to help you anyways, which is very like comforting for yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. But we're also, you know, we're going there. It would be YouTube Fan Fest, but I, I guess they've since changed it to not a full blown event. Because for those of you that have, you know, met us in Australia or Singapore or any of the YouTube Fan Fests that we've done, it's, you know, run by the same guys. We like them a lot. We have a really good relationship with them. And you basically go, you do like a live show, you do a meet and greet, and then, you know, a couple other things maybe, and then you go home. Uh, so they invited us to Japan. And of course, I was like, sign me up. Yes, please. I would love to go to Tokyo. Um, but they sort of took out the show aspect of it, I think. And I'm sort of just giving a talk. I yeah. Think. Well, I think it's like a creator thing. Yeah. Like you're doing a creator workshop or and something then a like mean that. Green. And then a mean greet. Yeah. So there's no stage performance like there normally would yeah. be. Yeah. So I imagine for those days when we're doing that, we'll have someone helping us get around. Yeah. We'll have someone from the fan. We, we have like a day or two yeah. or like a day and a half where we'll be free. On our own. On our own. Yeah. So it's not going to be the biggest deal. We're not trying to like do a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Although my brother... Uh, I was going to say, like, when you were FaceTiming, I was like, tell him you're going to Japan because he's been there for he work. Has. He has been to Japan, um, but he didn't spend a lot of time in Tokyo. He spent time in, uh, like, different of other cities, like, more rural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was much more difficult to navigate than Tokyo. You for know? sure, for sure, yeah. Because most people, when they're visiting Japan, they're in bigger cities for the most part. And yeah. then you know, my brother was just... In it, where, you know, 98% of the population is Japanese. For sure. And then 1% is other Asian countries. And then, like, 0.5%, like, 0.01% is, like, tourists. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So, um, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos. Which is, like, the coolest thing in the whole world. So cool. So cool. Having this tool... To just like learn anything we want. Yeah, not only can you learn the language, but you can learn the culture. The culture. There's there's certain things that I'm honestly nervous about. What are you nervous about? I'm nervous about getting yelled at um, for for being rude on accident. Yeah, I don't like, want to be rude. Well, yeah, but I feel like you know I, I always do my best as do a lot of normal people to just not be rude. Right. But when you don't really know what's rude, and if you're doing something that's offensive without knowing that, like. That's, that scares me. Like, um, you know, you apparently you're not supposed to ever get take, take out or take away food or boxed up to go when you're eating because well, uh, they just won't give it to you. Yeah. And then, you know, if you're making too much noise in a certain place or you're on your phone in the wrong place, like all these things, I feel like I'm very prone to, um, doing wrong. And 
you know, we're going to continue to watch videos and, and prepare ourselves. But I know that there's this going to be, you know, that one time when I do something and just get yelled at by someone and I'm not looking forward to it, but I think you're going to be more than okay. And I would like to shout out the particular YouTuber that I've been watching a lot of videos of is Rachel and June. Yeah. They kill it. They fucking kill it. She's uh, an American living in Japan. She commented on your video, right? Yeah. She's super sweet. Her and her husband. Um, but yeah, she'll, you know, just give you an American's perspective about the culture and, yeah. you know, how to not offend people. And I've also watched her ones from Japanese to English, like being like, all right, when you're in America, here's some things you need to know. So and I'm like, just, damn, you're right. I never would, yeah. like, would have told someone to think about that. That's true. Well, cause you we've know? never been to the, the other place. Right. So, well, she's like, when someone sneezes, it's polite to say, bless you. And I'm like, that's something I would never even think about. What do you do if you sneeze in Japan? I don't know. Fuck. Maybe you don't say bless you. I'm just not going to sneeze. I think you're going to be more than If I feel a sneeze coming on, I'm going to (laughs) panic and like black out. Oh my God, Julian. Uh, I do look forward to eating all the sushi I can fit into my body though. I know. I'm that I'm a little nervous for food, to be honest. Well, because as a lot of people know, I know you watch I can, the vlogs and stuff, you've been about hardcore vegan for about three and a half months. Yeah. You know, you have gotten back into it. So that that does not make traveling easy, let alone traveling to a place where you can't speak the language. So But I mean, it's okay because I know I can eat miso, edamame, yeah. rice. <laughs> like in that video she was like there are vegetarian restaurants in Tokyo. But not many. <laughs> Jenna's like fuck. <laughs> but uh, no, it doesn't like, need to be a vegetarian restaurant, well, though, in order for me to find a yeah, vegan meal. And you know how to navigate food that you can't eat to right. get to what you can't eat. Like basically, whenever I order sushi to the house, you know what you like. Exactly. You can get rice. You can get vegetables, steamed miso. vegetables. You can get miso soup and edamame. And those are all things they're gonna, they're going to have there. Right. You know, even if we go to like some place because we're starving and they only have sushi, you just get a bowl of rice. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like worst comes to worst, you're going to have sustenance, but. No, it's it's absolutely going to be a challenge for both of us because the gluten free thing is not easy. There's right. sauces all over the place and stuff I can't have. But well, I do know from Rachel and June's videos that like you can't really ask for a lot of modifications yeah. to your meal, yeah. which is like what Julian lives on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, can you take out this and add this, please? Because or else I can't eat it. My body will attack itself. Um, but I think you're you're going to be good in terms of just surviving on sushi. Yeah, because that's I mean, literally all you want to eat anyway. Yeah, that, I mean, I would say that's one of the toughest things about being gluten free and having celiac disease is that um, whenever I do need to make modifications or ask for special requests, I know how it comes off. Like I'm aware right. that it comes off as picky and as almost insulting to the chef in the restaurant for not having something that I'd like already. So there's this place in, you know, over the hill in Santa Monica, it's called father's office. Mm -hmm. It's a burger joint. Yeah. And their, their thing there is they will not give you any sort of modifications no matter what, like you eat the burger the way they give it. And I get it. I understand where they're coming from. It's like they're prideful in their product. They don't want to deal with nitpickers and that's not what I want to come off as. But I have to sometimes. Right. And like, well, that place is so frustrating because everyone raves about how good the burgers are. Yeah. And like, this place is the size of a closet. I've never actually even been in no, there. I've or only eaten the burger. By. But everyone's always like, oh, Julian, you're from Santa Monica. You ever eat Father's Office? It's yeah. incredible. Like, people won't shut up about it, honestly. Yeah. And to know that you can literally never go have I a burger there, there because they refuse to make modifications is pretty insulting. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I. You know, devil's advocate here. You're an you're a waiter, or you're maybe you're the guy who created Father's Office. Yeah, I'm and a you want to yeah, you want to create an environment where no bullshit is tolerated, no people who want to nitpick and stuff like that. Like, I get it. 
and I don't mean to be part of that, but I have right. to. Right. Um, but I mean, honestly, I feel like my, I, I've had such a decent, like, experience with sushi in terms of like, I've eaten sushi at a lot of different places for a lot of years. And I know my way around, you know, even the Japanese terms of most sushi right. that I eat, uh, I should be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, I'm, I'm a well of where I'm well aware of like where uh-huh. I, well, where, even just on that topic though, about how like you get it, you're a chef, you don't want to modify your food. Yeah. Like think of, we've been to Las Vegas in the past to Gordon Ramsay's burger place. Yes. We didn't actually eat there because no, it was too late. And they, they were closed. closed. Yeah. They were closing in like 10 minutes. But Julian had asked like the waiter or somebody, we were, we like sort of just walked up and look at the menu yeah. and he was like, Hey, do you guys have any gluten-free buns here or anything like that? Yeah. And she goes like, hold on. And ran and got the manager. The manager. And, and he, I was like, Oh fuck, what's going to happen? Yeah. Like he's like, sorry, first of all, we're closed. Yeah. Uh, but second of all, you know, we take gluten-free very seriously. We take all dietary needs very seriously. He like almost reassured you to like a ridiculous point that you're more than safe eating there. Yeah. And this is a restaurant owned by Gordon, Gordon Ramsay, Ramsay, who's Burger. arguably one of the most famous chefs in, in the, the world. world. Yeah. So we get it, Father's Office or other restaurants that you don't make modifications because you, you don't want to compromise the integrity of your product of what you made. But think of somebody on an even bigger scale and what they do in, tor- in order to not compromise their product. It's an astute point. It's you a know? really, really good point. And like Jenna can attest, you can attest to this like for the longest time when we would, we would watch Gordon Ramsay shows for years, uh, together. And every single time I love I, him, he's amazing. <laughs> Negative I love him. fucks. No, I love him too. Um, every single time I watched a show, whether it was Master Chef or Hell's Kitchen or whatever, whatever, literally kitchen nightmares, I would always just have this kind of like, limited sense of enjoyment where I could enjoy the show as, as an audience member and watch it, but I could never really imagine meeting him and not offending him. I always, always, always figured, you know, if I were to have to come face to face with Gordon Ramsay and tell him, Hey, this lovely creation you made looks amazing. I can't eat this part though. Like I'm, I would, that terrifies me to death. But then I've since like done research and found that Gordon Ramsay is actually one of the most like solid and caring proponents of dietary, you know, needs and restrictions at restaurants. Right. And that made me so happy to think about. Right. And we had, we experienced it firsthand when we went to Burger and asked them and they were right. so. And- also at the the palms chef barry is that his name chef barry at the palms yeah what's that i don't remember the name of the restaurant because i'm blanking nine nine Nine. Nine steakhouse Steakhouse. so we went there because we were doing an event at the the palms ghost club or day club right same thing he did the same thing he came over and was like are there any dietary restrictions and julian was like absolutely and he bent over backwards he was like cool i got it and then he brought me delicious things like delicious things you could eat like not salads like he brought me good shit he brought me risotto like and that's that's so like exciting and encouraging to know that like really high level respected chefs are taking things like that seriously right you know but i mean the good part about going to a foreign country when the two of us combined usually have an interesting time as it is vegan in america <laughs> we're the two finding <laughs> like but it's never a problem no, it's not. even tonight we're going to take brett out to dinner for his birthday happy yep. birthday brett um and he's like i just want to go somewhere where you guys can eat like you can we can totally eat anywhere yeah we figure it it's out it's not a problem yeah. um but it is sometimes a little bit of a challenge i think for you more than for me because for some reason people understand that like you know i'm not going to eat meat or like animal products products, so like i can eat vegetables and rice and grains and whatever but 
for celiac, I feel like a lot of people don't understand. They're like, well, why don't you just take the bread off and, you know, scrape it off? Like, isn't that, that's okay, right? Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's not, it's really not. You get me sick. Yeah. So, um, I think at least when we go to Japan and to other places in the future, it's, it's going to be a little, it, much better than it has been in the past for you because Tokyo, especially like already so much of that stuff already you eat and you yeah. know how to eat it yeah. without getting sick. Yeah. And a lot of their food just is fucking gluten free because gluten-free. it's like rice based. Yep. And I can have all the fish in the world and you can't. So yeah, you can go to like a, a fish market and yeah. just get fish. Yep. You know that, right? Yep. <laughs> He's yeah. tried to do that here. He'll try and get like sushi grade fish and then just eat it. But it's not. It's yeah, because I haven't gone to the right places. But they're true. yeah. I think in addition to you know watching YouTube videos to prepare myself for the food and everything, I might uh, download an audio book uh, on the Audible. App. <laughs> wow! Go to audiblepodcasts.com slash Jenna, and you can get your free audio book. So if you're going to Japan or wherever and you want to learn about it and you want someone to read it to you while you do other things, go to Audible. Audible is the best way to listen to audiobooks on the go, on your app, on the iPhone, Android, on the computer, wherever you are. Uh, you get your first f- book for free on us, uh, audiblepodcast.com slash Jenna. It's worth checking out. Honestly, there's a lot of ways to read books. And, uh, you know, nowadays, audiobooks are, are a thing now. They're popular and they're a good way to ingest information while also not sitting and, you know, looking at the pages of a book. Right. And Audible does it so well. Their app is clean. The system is so simple. You need to buy books. You get a book. You download right to your phone. You pick it up right where you left off just by pressing play, long car rides. I'm telling you guys, it's really nice. It'll get you back into reading. Yeah. For those of you who, who used to read Aren't and don't really read to too a much. book on Audible? Yeah, I'm still... I. I've been Ready going Player slowly. One. Yeah, Ready Player One. I've been going slowly. I actually was talking to Chris last night. Yeah, He's Chris reading it Mulberger's too. Chris reading it too. So it's great stuff. Check out Audible, audiblepodcast.com slash Jenna, first free book. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I, I, I think that you and I are both going to have uh, an easier time than we're expecting getting food. And it's going to be a process and a learning situation, but it'll be fun. Yeah. And I'm excited to eat sushi, man. I've heard people from people who have been to Japan, like you don't know what sushi is until you've literally been to Japan. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. I know. I'm really excited too. Although I don't think we will get a spot at Jiro's restaurant. It's it's okay. It's all right. You're going to be all right. Yeah. You know? It's okay, Jiro. Sorry, Jiro. We have, I have downloaded a bunch of apps and like yeah. different ways of learning Japanese. We have yeah. a little bit... Hi, Elkozaimas. Hi, Elkozaimas. Good morning, formal. Formal. Hi, Elkozaimas. Konnichiwa, Elkozaimas. Konnichiwa, Elkozaimas. This is like good day. Party ni. No, no party. Party. Party just means party. 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 <laughs> arigato, Elkozaimas means like thank you, formal. Formal. Domo arigato, Elkozaimas is like thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like, that's what we're going to be saying the whole time. That's like the along nicest, with sorry. most formal way you could say thank you if someone did something like really, really nice. Domo arigato, Elkozaimas. Yeah. Please, more sushi. Or if if you were Julian and me, and I was like, Julian, pass me the remote, and he handed it to me, I'd just go, Domo. Like, thank you. <laughs> like, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Domo. 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 What else do we And then do? I would steal the remote back. I'd be like, Domo. <laughs> My remote. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to be all right. 
We should be good. Uh, what's great is that we, uh, I, I think you plan on vlogging too. Like you'll bring your vlog camera, I'll bring mine and it'll be fucking crazy. I do. I really do. Yeah. Because remember we were sitting like a long time ago. Like I don't think, I haven't taken like an actual vacation in, since I've started YouTube. Like, yeah. you know, we'll go to Big Bear or somewhere close where we can drive with the dogs. Like that's my idea of a vacation. I don't want to get on a plane and go somewhere because yeah. that stresses me out. Um, but we are talking like in the future, if we ever like decided to take a vacation and go somewhere, like what's your number one bucket list place? And we both said Japan. Yep. Like I would just, I don't, I don't really want to go to a beach and like lay around and get drunk. I want no. to go to fucking Tokyo. Right, Japan. Right, Japan. Remember we both said that. I know we did, which is the craziest thing that we got, you know, that you got this offer to go to, to FanFest and it's Tokyo and it's just insane. And so we'll be at the YouTube space for a little bit in Tokyo. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. And I've met a couple of Japanese YouTubers in the past. Yeah. And one of them, I can't remember his name, but he's a beatboxer and he's really great. But when I met him, he had a translator. I met him at the YouTube Space LA yeah, yeah, yeah. and he was so sweet, but like he would say something and then his translator would say it to me and then I would say it to his translator, his translator would say it to him. So we were like standing, like laughing, like, you know, nice to meet you. Yeah. But like, but there was this other person yeah. who was like talking for us, but he was a great guy. Yeah. You know, they kill it over there. It's like, uh... Anytime the UFC has an event in Japan, there's that little girl with her crazy pens. Yeah. She's the translator. She kills it. I'm a big fan of all UFC translators. Well, the tall white dude who's amazing at translating Portuguese, he's very impressive. And then the little, the young Japanese girl who has her, she has these pens with like flowers on the end of it. She always has her pens with her and she's just lightning fast at translating English to Japanese. Well, that's like an incredible amount of pressure. Translating in itself, because if you're just a translator anywhere on the street, doing shit where no one's watching. You're just translating two different people. You're worried about getting things right. You're worried about offending them. You're worried about making it go smoothly. When you're on TV, you're on pay-per-view, and this is like the camera's in your face, you're literally translating a fighter to a commentator to maybe another fighter. Right. Like, that's, you're right. That's like such crazy pressure. Yeah. And they stay so cool and just nail it. Yeah. Nail it. Bam. Nail it. Um, when we first got invited, I was sort of wondering why, because I know there's like a, a population of Americans or, you know, whatever that live in Japan that aren't Japanese, that yeah. are native English speakers. Yeah. But that, what was his name from Google that lives in Japan? I can't remember his name. Yeah. I'm I just, him. I'm, David or something. I'm or? like, it's, I'm like blanking nonstop today. I got, I got, I got his name. Off but right he, he works for Google and lives in Japan and has for a long time. And he sort of explained it to me that, you know, how you would watch something from another culture to try and understand their culture. Yeah. And that people that speak Japanese maybe would watch my videos to try and understand American culture. Which you never really thought of it. Never thought about it. It fucking blew my mind when he said that. I'm like, wow. Wow. Fuck. Fuck, Wow, fuck. (laughs) Jump fuck. Wow, jump fuck. Uh, That's also why I really like watching Rachel and June's video. I I know there's a Eat Your Kimchi. They live in South Korea, but it's the same thing. Like I love watching their videos because I want to know your perspective on living in a foreign country because I don't have the fucking balls to do it. For sure. For sure. That's scary. It is scary. It's daunting to think about. It's daunting to think about that we're going to Japan, period. But it's also so daunting to think about the millions of people that move to America without a clue of, like, how do I speak this language? How do I'm, you know, kind of lost on the culture. I don't don't understand. And millions of people do it all the time, like, without fear. They're like, fuck it, man, we're going. 
We don't know what we're doing, but we're just going to fucking go. Well, not only are we not those people, but we're going anywhere. Yeah. And I mean, like the internet is our tool and we're going to use it as much as we can. But like I said, going there and experiencing it is going to be the biggest thing. Yeah. I have a couple of really good apps. Although everyone in the comments of that video was like, download this app called Duolingo, which looked really great and awesome, except they didn't offer Japanese. (laughs) Do they not? They only offer, well, at least in the app, they only offered like, uh, that's crazy. Romance languages and, you know, like some Dutch or something in there. But yeah, David. No. It's da- his name is David, David. Our YouTube contact in David. Japan. He lives in Japan. Yeah, speaks fluent Japanese. Crazy, crazy, fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about like? Well, Duolingo is like Rosetta Stone, right? Like you're learning a language, right? So that's like you you pay the course and. I think so. I mean, I took eight years of Spanish. You took a lot of Spanish. Yeah, Spanish is not like the most taxing on your brain to learn. It's very parallel to English. Yeah. I took one year of Russian and it took me two weeks to learn the Cyrillic alphabet. Yeah. It was very difficult just to learn how to write. It's it's because Spanish isn't really a foreign language. It's a romance language. Like English. Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but it's also not foreign because it's amongst us every day. Like it's here. We don't hear people speaking Japanese. Well, in California for sure. Yes. But that's that's where we live. The coolest part when I was listening to Rachel talk about uh, how, you know, the more rural parts of Japan, like some of these people, because most of the population is Japanese and then the other 1% is other Asian countries and that like tiny, tiny, tiny minority is anyone that's not. Yes. Japanese, Chinese, whatever, um, that it is difficult and that sometimes the Japanese are a little like, you know, like what you might do might be rude. Whereas in America, we have so many different cultures and so many different people living here from different cultures that we're kind of lax about like, you know, you're not really going to offend us. The balance is different. Yeah, it is different. Um, I forgot what I was going to say, but (laughs) anyways... Yeah. Um, yeah, you definitely don't want to go over there and be rude, but I think we're going to be okay as long as we're in Tokyo. Yeah. I and it's not like brother. we have like a week to explore. We have a couple days oh. and then we're doing the event and yeah. then we're leaving. It's like... Yeah. Well, there's no possible way that in a couple of weeks we can learn how to read, write, and speak No, <laughs> No, Japanese. but we can focus on the functional stuff and... For sure. Um, but I, like, I should talk to my brother more because my brother is like 6'5". He looks... You know, like he's about as uh, about as a foreigner <laughs> as you can get in Japan. So foreign. Um, I would like to know his experience a little bit more because yeah. I'm sure he'll tell it first of all in the most hysterical story you've ever heard in your life. Because my brother is an incredible storyteller. Um, but yeah, I would just want to know what his experience is. Yeah, we should talk to him. The moment you faced him the other day, that was the first thing I thought. I was like, you got to talk to him about Japan because I know he's been there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I'm nervous. Should be fun. We have two more podcasts before Japan, which we uh we 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 leave what? Do you know what day? I think the the fifteenth, something like that. Uh so we will see you guys at least once more before we yeah. head out to Japan. Um but yeah, it's going to be an interesting process, both getting ready and going and doing it. And with our special dietary needs of oh. happiness. 
But that's the beauty of vlogs. You get to experience it through our eyes. Right. And we, if we find cool stuff to do, uh, especially if you are celiac or vegan, we will more than let you know. Yes. That's what, like, Cause I, that, that's how we find shit too. Right. Like when we, we look, remember when we were in Ireland and you had found like someone's blog, like travel blog, like writing about gluten-free places yeah, in Ireland. It was posted on the gluten-free subreddit. Right. Like if ever you travel to a place and you are celiac, vegan, you're any sort of like dietary, you have restrictions, like just sharing it with other people is so helpful. So huge. You may, you may think it's not going to get seen, but it is. It does. Like even if you don't comment on it or like give it a thumbs up, depending on where it is, like it's so helpful just to be able to Google like anywhere that we go to eat. I Google like, what are my vegan options at this place? And it tells you exactly how to order it. So to those people out there yeah. in the world that you the spend your MVPs. time writing that you the real, the real or the people who run instagram accounts specific to that stuff i follow yeah. two instagram accounts uh for new york gluten-free new york one is called gf girls nyc and the other is called bitches be gluten-free <laughs> and that's my favorite one she i went to college oh. with her her name's Allie, and she runs a great account but she literally goes all around new york city finding all these different spots. Most of them are in Manhattan, but, uh, that, and I'm always just like looking at her Instagram, wishing I lived in New York. And then when we go to New York, I'm like, okay, well I have this kind of plethora. Exactly. For whatever neighborhood you're in. No, that's, I mean, that's one of the coolest things about living in 2015 with, uh, a dietary restriction is that you're not alone and you're not only not alone, but you're literally a click away from finding other people's entire experiences doing what you want to do. Exactly. And I haven't quite gone down the hole yet to see if there are any English blogs about uh, stuff like that in Tokyo, but I'm hoping that we will find them and yeah. I'm hoping that they're great. Yeah. And that's fun, like, man. I'm going to try my best to tell you my honest experience and yeah. I'm sure Julian will as well. Although I feel like yours is just going to be about sushi and how it's delicious be, it is. The vlog from Japan is going to be a lot of sushi, <laughs> a lot of sushi vlogging. I'm excited to eat fucking I want to see if they have any different fruits and vegetables. This is how like how much I have not gotten around to looking everything yeah. up yet. But like when we were in Bali they had that oh, thing called salak, salak fruit, fruit oh. or snake fruit, which was tasted like Gatorade if Gatorade was a fruit. Yeah, it was right? sort of a mix between like an apple and a melon sort of. Yeah. It was like It was like dry. an apple. Yeah, no, fucking so good. It was like a it was not it like a juicy, skin. wet sort of fruit. It was sort of like a had like a dry consistency when you peeled peeled off the snake. It wasn't juicy or wet, but it made your mouth wet. <laughs> oh my god. But like I want to eat some some native fruits or vegetables yeah. in Japan that I'm like, hi, excuse me, what is this? And they'll be like, it's blah blah blah. I'm like, fuck it. Um, can I eat it? <laughs> it's blah blah blah. <laughs> All right. Um, can you put it in my mouth? Put it in my mouth. That's not weird. Just place it in my mouth, please. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm excited. And we've all, we've also talked about the fact that I know that our sizes are totally different. Like you would need fucking five extra large. Yeah. I would need at least an extra large if I wanted to buy like a t-shirt or anything. I might just buy J- Japan, Japanese size things and just squeeze them on my body and make it work. <laughs> I wouldn't be opposed to Make that. it work. I think it would look make nice. Make things work. Um, <laughs> there is, I, I am like, I don't go places looking forward to shopping, but I'll tell you one thing. If we can get a little, you know, Japan I want shopping everything. in. Yeah. I if, want everything too. If when we I can was, find those clothes for Italian greyhounds oh next level. When I was uh, in high school playing baseball, um, there was a set of catcher's gear. 
that no one had, except for like Jorge Posada. Right. Like it was Nike catches gear. It had the titanium mask and I could, you, they don't sell it anywhere. It's like only the pros get it. But Nike.jp had a lookalike <laughs> of it when no one else had it. <laughs> and of course I got the real thing because uh, that's how I roll. I got it off Craigslist from a guy in Michigan. Nice. Uh, and I still have it because it's amazing. But yeah, Nike.jp was so ahead of the time. I'm just, I'm kind of itching to do some shopping. Japan, man. I mean, the grass is always greener because Rachel and June will tell you that you can't get American things there, but you can get really great Japanese things. That's all I want. You know, I can go back here for American things or I'll just stay there. <laughs> we can get Italian Greyhound clothing, like legit. I know. That's what I'm saying. We ordered Kermit that turtleneck yeah. from that store. I still don't even know how you did that. Well, yeah. But Funny story. I mean, you told me, you like, you showed me this website when we first met. They make the most it incredible was, it was Italian, Italian Greyhound clothing website from Japan. And she was like this. She would literally browse it all day, knowing that she couldn't get any of it because they don't ship to the States. So I was like, okay, I know I'm getting you for your birthday. I'm getting Kermit some authentic fucking J- Japanese clothing. And I, I basically just contacted them and got them to ship it to us. But we should find their warehouse. Yeah, they're called IG Works. IG Works. IG-Works.com. Yeah, something I think. like that. Yeah. But like, if you ever find pictures from that like website, some of them are on like Tumblr and Pinterest. Oh my god! And they're they, like, "Where can I buy this?" And I'm like, "Oh, girl, IG you works. don't even know." Yeah, like works. they make these incredible fucking like they have like furry fur, jackets, but they're not like <laughs> shitty fur coats for dogs. Like they're fucking elegant. They fit the Italian Greyhound body. Yeah, to they the make tea. them for their body. Like it's crazy. And they make those like <laughs> the things that Kermit hates. Like he hates anything he hates on his skin. So or much. He just and Peach is starting clothes. to hate it too. I don't know why they don't We're like weird. it. They're weird. We're just trying to keep them warm. I know. Well, you'd think that they would appreciate having an <laughs> no. external layer no. of warmth on them. No. no, they want to be naked and then dig at your stomach so they can get in your shirt. Yeah. They want to be in your shirt. Well, they're weird fuckers. So. Sure. But yeah, anyways. Anyways, thank you guys for hanging out for another podcast. Yeah. This was and a good thanks, podcast. thanks for letting us have a more chill, relaxed yeah. podcast this week. Sometimes mm-hmm. these are really nice. Yeah, it's nice to have a little talking podcast. Yeah. It's nice to just like not do anything, but also be entertained, you know, yeah. like just by conversation, which you can do with Audible. <laughs> you knew that was coming. You knew that was coming. Was coming. Uh, Audible. Uh, never not makes me laugh, though. Audiblepodcast.com slash Jenna. You get your free audiobook with Audible. You can also download the app. Trust me, it's great. And also tweet us your experiences with audible because they're uh, good peeps and they got a great product yeah and thank you for sponsoring us audible thank you audible appreciate the support um thanks for watching thanks for listening we yeah. love you guys we'll see you next week bye guys all right